2: Hour number three to Get Right. We're Reggie KG on one hundred of the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Adatula, Alec Med for holding it down for you here on this Thursday. And I appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line, 877 811 1053 877 881 1053 If you want to get in on the conversation, did the Mavericks performance against the Sixers give you hope? We'll have that conversation here in just a moment on a victorious day for the Texas Rangers at Globe Life Field 11 to 7 as your Rangers defeat the reigning National League champion Philadelphia Phillies on opening day. Rangers got the day off tomorrow before they get back on the field on Saturday and then Sunday night baseball on ESPN. Looking forward to seeing your Rangers try to get things done in the next couple of games against the Phillies. Rangers
0: getting some national attention. You mentioned Sunday Night Baseball mm-hmm. next Friday, so obviously not tomorrow, but mm-hmm. next Friday they're on Apple TV. That's right. For uh, Friday Night Baseball. Um, and then also we were talking about 2006 because that was the last time the Kings made the NBA playoffs. Somebody mentioned, uh, I mentioned that, um, what was, who did I mention? Uh, Todd Dodge won state championship with South Lake Carroll. Someone also mentioned that Cedar Hill did as well, right? So I should probably shout out Cedar Hill. Uh, as well, then also someone else mentioned Vince Young Reggie Bush got drafted. And remember who the number one pick was in that year? Mario Williams. Yo. What a time. Yo. What a time. Um, so, yeah. Feel free to keep sending in what, what you remember from 2006. Uh, somebody said they were completing their second tour of Iraq before getting ready to retire after 25 years of service. Shout out to you.
2: Shout out to the North Texas Mean Green as they are playing in the NIT Championship game as they take on UAB UAB for the uh, what one hundredth time this season? Fourth, uh, <laughs> but I mean it feels like hundred. It feels like it. I guarantee you, they know each other very very well. But they are renewing what was a double overtime classic between these two teams a little bit earlier this year. Right now it is fifteen to twelve UAB up on North Texas with eleven thirty six left uh, in the first. Half
0: cars came out in 2006 life is a highway
2: that's a good movie
0: i personally want to ride it all night long the highway that is.
2: Mm. can you mark that of life appreciate that <laughs> appreciate that um the mavericks are three games under 505 games left to play and here's how we start this conversation did the mavericks performance against philadelphia give you hope here's why we're gonna have this conversation because why is that kg um, I don't know, Reg, because this team, their final two games of this road trip. Yes. They're going to Miami mm-hmm. on Saturday.
0: Then Oh, they, and that means they get the day off on Friday in Miami? Is that what you're saying?
2: Then after that, okay. they get to head to Atlanta. So you got live on one night, Magic City on the next. Not gonna lie to you, if I was three games under five hundred with five to play, my play on playing chances with this slim. I might be a little distracted for the next couple of days. That's, I mean, but that's why I don't play NBA basketball. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you don't think that
0: everybody in there feels uh, feels like a a. a a will to win of some sort. Like, they don't feel the pressure of this situation.
2: Like, I'm sure they feel it, by it before they, you know, set foot and live, though. I'm sure it's all there before, you know, that happened.
0: Like, I'm sure you saw. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you saw all the hubbub that was created after the loss. Yeah, man. Um, with the Sixers from Kyrie Irving's quote, which, honestly, the the small portion of the quote that people started, you know, circulating. Ended up creating its own buzz out, You know because of uh, The nature of what he, what he Said and, and
2: some individuals taking it completely Out of context right, the
0: framing of which he Said it in now Callie Kaplan gave the Context and Kyrie Irving was talking about the Playoff outlook for the Mavericks and he said It kind of looks a little a bit Of a cluster F Right now and like the larger Statement actually is really interesting And it has a lot of pieces and I guess I'm we're going to do a little segment That I like to call reading um, I think just human nature, man. I'm getting traded uh, to a New York environment, and it's just a lot of newness. I'm trying to introduce myself to everybody, figure out, you know, who do guys go to on the team to confide in off the court? Who is our coaching staff as people? Upper management, who are they as people? What do they expect from me? The big question, why they traded for me? And, you know, what does it look like for the future? That's the big question. What does our future look like? What does our future look like? Uh, And I think now, again, just where we are in the season and where other teams are positioned already, it kind of looks like a bit of a cluster. You know what? Uh, To be honest with you, because we're 37 and 40 and we're trying to uh, fight to get into the playing game, it's not the expectations I, um, sorry. uh, It's not the expectation I don't think any of us had in that locker room and me getting traded midseason, I didn't expect to ask for a trade at that point in the season. So I wanted to finish out with Brooklyn, finish out with the season that we had had going, and I didn't get a chance to do that. So some of the goals I had previously this season had to be shifted, and I had to be more than willing, which I am, to be flexible and adaptable and live with the results, whether we make it to the playoffs or not. I just have to be at peace with where I I am and which I am and trust of the guys that I'm going to be in the war room with every single day. So I'm appreciative of them giving me the opportunity. It's been nothing but great here, and I've been at peace, so it's been good outside of outside of the losses, of course. We'd like to win every game. All right, what part of that, of Kyrie's statement after the game, did you gravitate to? Uh,
2: the latter there where he says despite, obviously, the poor play and what they have been dealing with, he has enjoyed his time here, and I think that is – a good sign if you're a fan of the idea that the Mavericks signed Kyrie Irving for the long term going into this summer and beyond because there has been nothing on or off the court with Kyrie during his time here in Dallas that has been any kind of red flag. And he has been a professional. He has handled his business here. While you were hoping that the on-court chemistry and more importantly, the success of this team would be better post all-star break with Kyrie Irving on this team the point uh the fact of the matter is your team roster wise wasn't set up to do that because you can't defend the soul right now and you knew by put some effort
0: in and in that game they brought out an interesting zone concept that seemed to be helpful although although understanding zone is for cowards but look when you zone, is it a mission that we cannot guard you? We straight can't up. guard you. Although we all knew that about the Mavs. And it's, it makes sense that when that, with that being the case, the desperation sets in and you run out of zone and they did. And it looked kind of decent.
2: That's been the only thing defensively that has looked decent is some of the stretch in terms of playing some of that zone. But like I said, the part about Kyrie enjoying his time here and what he has been able to, mm-hmm. to do and to you know play with the teammates that he has, that's encouraging. But more than anything, the lack of success for this team and after what happened by going extremely cold, only scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter, you're going into a game on Saturday against the Miami Heat where the Heat themselves are playing for their playoff lives right now. They're in the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference trying to possibly get themselves into the top six where they're a game and a half out uh, behind the Brooklyn Nets for the sixth spot in the East. And Atlanta doing the same as well at 38 and 38. They're firmly in the play-in, it looks like, for the rest of the, you know, going into the playoffs. I don't know, man. The collective feeling that I had after the game against Philly was, it's a wrap. Really? Because this is a game in which
0: they reminded you, as someone from the a one said, no reason they can't beat any team in the league minus Denver, but this is nonsense. The idea that, I don't know exactly what you're pointing to when you're talking about the nonsense portion of that, but the idea that they can beat any team. They absolutely can. Like, that remains something that is within them, especially in this league right now where you have all of this parity. Parity is not created by everybody becoming really good. Parity is by everybody having certain weaknesses and flaws. And you look around, and this is what we talked about going dating really far back when the Mavs were still above the play-in, and we were talking about all these things, and it's like, oh, who would you like to match up with? One of the things I said is like, I still think that there is a path to beat any of these teams. And there absolutely is. There is a way to beat all of these teams. They still have that capability. Problem is, like, you got to be able to close out games. Everything seems to have to go, like, right. You got to be knocking down shots. Um, And you have to, like, force the issue in some ways, making sure that you are attacking defenses constantly. And you saw a team against the Sixers that played incredibly well against one of the best teams in the league. And so, I look, I understand that I stand in the position of hope merchant at this point, and I don't really love being that because I think we all understand that there are some very serious foundational issues with where the Mavs are as like an organization. That being said, like, they absolutely still have the possibility of getting to the play in and fighting in the play in i i don't think that they have a chance to like really make a deep run but again this is one of those things where if they find themselves in the right position they can go out and they can play play against anybody and that's the tough part about it because we talk about the idea of going and getting a top 10 pick and i just don't know how your key foundational pieces feel about that and if that's worth the squeeze especially if you can maybe get them to a place where it's like look man go go try and win going push the issue
2: and this may be a conversation we have to have a little bit more in depth tomorrow because the question is do you even want that to happen at this point what, what exactly trying to still play to get in the play in even with being three games under 500 with five left to play is that something that you even want at this point given how this team has looked and how exhausted they appear to be trying to get themselves even in position to make the play in versus what's left in the regular season, knowing what's coming on the other side of this offseason, which is if you finish, you know, 11th or worse, mm-hmm. or, or better I should say 11th or better, right. your pick is being sent to New York, which means, all right, you finally get rid of, you know, the last remnants of the Christoph Porzingis trade. Yeah, but if you keep losing these games, your opportunity to have a top 10 pick continues to increase which means you get to keep at least this year's or you know keep the first round pick that would not necessarily go to New York.
0: Right and then we we then would have the conversation about the future assets and and those things.
2: Mhm. That
0: I, I at this point we're walking back into that conversation of how do you build forward? And I guess to bring this back narrow into like the this season. Mhm. Tough part about it is like look man, it's fun to win And winning is something that you can build upon, right? Winning is something that you can like try and stake some level of cultural idea upon, right? One of the things that I found interesting about that game that was on ESPN. um, I can't remember who was calling the game as a play-by-play. But the play-by-play, man, of that game, kept mentioning, it's so nice to see Lucas smiling. And you saw that because obviously the context that he gave where he kind of talked about how frustrating it had been. You could see them playing well in stretches, and you could see him enjoying basketball. And I wonder what it looks like. What's the human cost? What's the chemistry cost of losing out? We've seen tanking happen on a professional level now. We've started to get a decent amount of data set. And you can see the way that culture breaks down with intentional losing. And I understand, like, the you can't really do this entirely based off, of, hey, man, they're going to feel bad. But it's something you have to consider when you're talking about a star player like Luka Doncic.
2: Yeah, I think this one would, I think this situation is a little bit different because I, for one in the past has not been a person who encourages active tanking. I don't like it. I don't believe in it more. So when it comes to the NFL, I absolutely think that is an abhorrent idea to purposefully tank in the NFL because the the sport of the, of the game of football, it's as violent yeah. as it is. And to ask dudes to actively lose games while punishing their bodies in right. that way, I don't get down with that idea at all. This situation is is a little different because while you may not purposely sit guys out, based on the way that you're playing, you may not necessarily have to sit guys out the way that they've been playing. But here's why I say this, because it's very rare in situations like this mm-hmm. that you have two top 15 players. Yeah. Yeah and you have a chance in a deep draft class this year sure. to add a possible top 10 selection to this current team, knowing some of the future pieces that you have in a Josh Green and a Jaden Hardy that you could use if you wanted to, to flip to maybe make something shake in terms of acquiring another player or two that can help you down the road and get you back into immediate contention. It's very rare when you get into places like this. And if you're the Mavericks, you have to seriously consider what that means for you, even in the midst of not making Luka Doncic happy, because this may not be an opportunity that comes around all that often. If we think they're going to do the kind of winning in the future, that won't allow them to be anywhere near a top 10 pick in the NBA draft.
0: I hear you on that. And I do understand like the value that is there. The tough thing about it is you are so devoid of assets and talent. That I think that with it, I'm still I'm largely in a place where I think I agree with the sentiment of Mm -hmm. yeah, adding a top 10 pick in a, you know, talent rich draft is probably the beneficial way to go. I think we just have to be very clear eyed about the ways in which you are walking into this and what you're giving up is not just this year's first round pick. You're giving up the idea of you're going to have to convey next year's first round pick. And then that also stops you from being able to utilize future first-round picks to then make your team better. And one thing that we've talked about is you only got eight people on the roster uh, under contract Mm -hmm. next year. One of those people that is not on the roster is Kyrie Irving. And in addition to that, a couple of those dudes that you do have are under contract. You're not sure that you actually want under contract and so you you would Christian have Wood. you'd be starting in some ways underwater and needing to build up and you're also hampering yourself from having some of the some of the vital assets some of the vital currency of team building available to you because you went and got a top 7 pick or a top 10 pick rather. So it's I look you're you're in a very precarious organizational situation all the way around. And so it's it's going to be a tough situation. I do I did feel comfortable or confident after that Sixers game just seeing that like yo these guys seem to still still have something within them still they, be able to play with some level of energy and effort and maybe yeah. maybe the biggest place where that is beneficial is for Jason Kidd and his prospects as continuing as the head coach.
2: Yeah, they haven't they haven't necessarily, you know, quit. They just don't have the horses to keep up with a team like Philadelphia at the top. But here's the thing, and this is what an organization has to do in terms of making tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes You've got to make the decision for the player and for the good of the organization. And if that means y'all get to sit down. Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, y'all come get these 40 minutes a night for these next few games because we're shutting it down. The organization has to make that decision themselves. Whether they will or not, it's very difficult when you have a superstar as hyper-competitive as Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, who's as competitive as he is as well, to make that decision. But it may be one that's staring them in the face, especially if they lose on Saturday to Miami. To so get right, we're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, seven NFL teams with roster holes and what's next for them. Are the Cowboys on this list? Talk about next on the get right. To so get right, we're Reggie KG right here on 105 three The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, what up, Alec for holding down for you here. Seven teams in the NFL with roster holes and what's next for them what this ESPN analyst had to say about those seven teams. And if the Cowboys were one of them, we'll have that conversation here in just a moment at Kevin Gray sports at Reg at Alec on the radio on Twitter, as we are just two days away from WrestleMania going Hollywood. (laughs) Cannot wait. Cannot wait. So unbelievably hyped. I'm not going to lie to you. As we've gotten closer to WrestleMania. WrestleMania. I kind of wish I was.
3: Going to WrestleMania?
2: Yeah. I, I
3: had would, the you outline be able to see of nothing? it. Had the outline of a trip planned out, and then I was like, nah. Nah. Now I regret it.
2: Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. You can't just say that and just breeze past it. We'll get to the NFL here in a second. What do you mean you had an outline of a WrestleMania trip plan, and then just didn't. What, what what's going on here?
3: So y- you both know uh, doing the part time life. You know how my bank account's probably set up. You have mm-hmm. a you have a good idea. So I I kind of set up a budget and a plan. Okay. I was like, okay, if I start pulling from these checks, if I set this amount aside each paycheck, yeah, we'll have enough to go out there for you know three days, two nights, whatever the math is, and uh, we can get some like two hundred level seats, and we'll we'll chill. Oh, okay. It'll be fun. And then I was like. That's a lot of money, man. And I was like, "Nah." And that was before we knew any matches happening. So I was like, "Eh, I could lived without this one." I went last year. Nah, this this card is fantastic.
2: Because here's the thing: because well, you know, got to
0: check in a Savings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay. Say three days for you know. Um, because here's the thing: when you're going to a trip like for a trip like that, not only do you have to consider the venue and the event that you're going to. It's hella expensive to fly out to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. staying in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. where, you know, the, a lot of the world is, just, is descending upon L.A., specifically at SoFi Stadium. That's an expensive trip, man, uh, for this particular WrestleMania. So,
3: and I have two words for you. Travel package.
2: <laughs> that's true. Uh, from the 903, the bloodline loses. All of the bloodline loses. Yep. Okay, we may have to talk about that a little bit later. No. Well, actually...
0: Talk about it at ten uh, four, and I'll go ahead and get my week. Uh, I was about to say weekend started early. Like I thought that was Friday. Mm, Damn. Mm.
2: See what you did. Doesn't oh, feel like a Friday. I, That's what you get for Thursday. trying to play. You know, wrestling. I, I can know, start my Thursday day. night early. What <laughs> you mean? Seven NFL teams with roster holes, and what's next? This comes from respected ESPN staff writer Bill Barnwell. Uh, Bill Barnwell putting this together for us. Teams with holes, seven of them, and what's next for these groups? and a very interesting group of teams that he puts together here a few that we'll highlight here yeah which ones do you want to go with uh let's start Hmm, not That's, an easy question is it no it's not because the teams that he has here are very interesting mm-hmm. uh a very all di- sorts
0: of different places like yeah. different um organizational timelines some are like kind of in the basement, I think some folks will say. Some of them are at the pinnacle in some place. Some are all in between. So
2: Let's start with the Rams. Speaking of Los Angeles, let's start with the, uh, the Rams because I'm interested to see what he says in terms of the holes for them.
0: All right, so he talks about the fact that clearly the big tickets that people have paid attention to, Bobby Wagner, Leonard Floyd moving on, but their secondary has been gutted, right? Okay, so defensive back is the hole that they have. Jalen Ramsey's out. Nick Scott's out. Taylor Rapp, a name you might know, out. Troy Hill, David Long, Grant Haley. Some of these guys you may not know particularly well, but um, that secondary gutted here, right? And so okay. the only players left in the secondary from the t- 2021 Super Bowl team, Jordan Fowler and Robert Rochelle. Who? Great. Um, and they they were both also on injury reserve for that game. So. Oh, okay. That's why mm-hmm. I'm like, who? Mm-hmm. Fuller started at safety in 2021, but only played 91 snaps. Um, so, yeah, L.A. is just looking for second-year players and practice squad participants to be in that spot right now. So, yeah, that's that's not really a way to go about this. So, yeah. they, they, they can't
2: draft any of them. All right, so that's fair. <laughs> Those are
0: the players that went out. Who came in? Not a single body, right? They have, they have been using this offseason to basically fix their cap. So, that is not... Uh, they're they're like, we can't really go and, like, pay any premiums or do nothing fancy because they're just like, yo. They decided to go ahead and pay the price for going all exactly, in. Exactly, right, and man. I think there's a lot of people that would still pay that price. This is the price being paid. Yes. With that being the case, yes. what could be next? Maybe they add some experience, right? The Rams aren't going to create a secondary out of thin air, but maybe they add some veterans who are not, you know, expensive. Mm-hmm. Some like a Ronald Darby, maybe, like a Shaquille Griffin, guys that are kind of out there and not...
2: Ooh, that's definitely piecing it together. Ooh there you boy. go. Right, yeah.
0: right, right. Um, maybe even some younger players. Respectfully, <laughs> maybe some younger players uh, who weren't released or who weren't signed, rather, that can maybe they can sign without having to give a comp pickup. Okay, like an Eli Apple, Rocky Sin, Baby Moreau. Yeah, yeah. The, th- the thing about it is you look at the Rams, and they are not going to be a level of good.
2: If we got to go down the Eli Apple train, but th- yikes! And this is the thing about the Eli <laughs> Apple.
0: Eli <laughs> Apple isn't terrible. But you want to know why you feel like he's terrible? Because he talked too much. He talked
2: too damn much. <laughs> so now you're like, oh, I see you being mediocre. All right.
0: Uh, but, yeah, the Rams are just in that place where they have a, a a personnel hole at defensive back, and it's not going to get, like, filled in a major way. All right. So that's the Rams. How you feel about that?
2: I didn't realize that that entire secondary was pretty much gone. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing just left. And in today's NFL, you can't be out here running around with no Halfway decent secondary. Like
0: the Baltimore Colts in the night. Just yeah. left.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That is nasty work for them. Okay. um, So we had a... That was an NFC team. Let's go to an AFC team real quick. Uh, a team that's been in the spotlight quite a bit. The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, this one's easy. Quarterback, right?
0: Uh, Lamar Jackson, at this point, is not on the team, right? His future mm-hmm. with the organization is, is suspect. Obviously, they have the franchise tag out there clearly he has not signed it but with that being the case right he is out there and he could become um a restricted free agent or sorry um if he decides not to play he's just not gonna play right um the thing about quarterbacks is they have just enough money to make it so that 32 million dollars is not something that they have to show up for um or at least their their earning potential is such that 32 million dollars isn't something that they absolutely have to show up for even though i think he's only made 33 million
2: the wild well, part what? is just being in a position where you can be like, "Yeah, I refuse your thirty-two million dollars."
0: I, I, <laughs> look, there's a lot of people that instinctively would say that he's going to show up for thirty-two million, and like I understand where that logic comes from when you consider the earning potential of a quarterback. I think that he might be like, "Yo, thirty-two ain't n- enough for me to get out here," especially in the way and like that they want him to play. And off principle,
2: I'm not showing up for thirty-two million because Daniel Jones is getting forty.
0: That's also a point that you could point to, and then also, <laughs> right. Uh, Tyler Huntley is a restricted free agent, right? So That's not Tyler there. Huntley
2: to you. but Fantastic.
0: But <laughs> who have they brought in at quarterback? You know this. The answer is nobody, right? <laughs> Only other quarterback on the roster at this point is Anthony Brown, who went 22 of 49 for 302 yards and two interceptions and five sacks in week 18.
2: Did you see the report who apparently they considered signing before they ultimately um, didn't go with it? Who's that? Baker Mayfield. All right, so when they say consider, what do they mean? They
0: were like, hey, we could get Baker Mayfield. Actually, no, never mind. My bad. Because
2: that's a consideration. Well, Baker decided to turn it down because of the opportunity to start and compete for the starting job in Tampa. Can you
0: imagine Baker Mayfield as your backup? Like, assuming that they get the Lamar Jackson thing figured out, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield would be the backup.
2: That's weird.
0: That's weird. That's uh, a, yeah, two yeah. completely
2: different players. Uh, what
0: could be next for the Baltimore Ravens? Sign Teddy Bridgewater. Right? Oh! Like, <laughs> If you were in a place where you do not have Lamar Jackson and you need a quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater is out there, and you already have this Todd Monken system that's coming in that is still going to be able to run the basket or run the f- basketball, run the football, but it's going to be balanced, right? You're going to pass mm-hmm. a little bit, but you're still going to run the football. Yeah, that's a dude who is capable of like running an offense. That would be a thing that you could do.
2: Respectfully, could you imagine going from a league MVP in Lamar Jackson to Teddy Bridgewater as your starting quarterback for Todd Monkin? Like you coming in as a first-year offensive coordinator for the Ravens, and you thought you were going to be coaching and coordinating an offense for Lamar Jackson instead of Teddy Bridgewater out here playing I mean, he just
0: coordinated an offense for Stetson Bennett the fourth. What's I got to
2: do with Baltimore?
0: Never mind. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> How about
0: your Dallas Cowboys?
2: I saw that they made this list, and I'm interested in what Bill Barnwell has to say about the Cowboys and why they are one of these teams. The
0: whole in question for your Dallas Cowboys, running back. Clearly, we know who goes out. Previously, number 21,
2: Ezekiel Elliott, right? <laughs> At least for now.
0: The breakup seemed <laughs> inevitable. We were all talking about it, right? That money that mm-hmm. was sitting there and the potential out that you had. And then they restructured his deal. And everybody was like, oh, okay. And it was like, all right, so next year. And this indeed was the year, right? Yeah. Um, I, you've, You figured out how to get the money reduced on Tyron Smith. Um, and then you franchise tag Tony Pollard, but Ezekiel was let go. Who'd you bring in? Ronald Jones. All right, so the Bucks, uh 2019 second-round pick. He had an anonymous season with the Chiefs. Yeah. right. I didn't even remember he was with the Chiefs.
2: Caught that Super Bowl ring, though.
0: Because, I mean, Isaiah, P- Isaiah Pacheco, obviously uh, Clyde mm-hmm. edwards Lair was there, but, you know, Isaiah Pacheco ended up being the darling of that running back core, seventh-round yep. pick. Shout out. Um, and he only had... 18 touches, 38 offensive snaps during the regular season. That's your answer
2: here? Talk about so, Ronald Jones?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's your answer, running back? No. It seems, seems like there's still some room for space to be, for things to be done. What could be next? This is where it gets interesting. Okay. What could be next? Two words Elliot's return. <laughs> Arena could be in the cards, right? If he doesn't find what he's looking for in the open market, come back for the low, <laughs> right? Played through injuries, got his money, all that. Good pass protector, all the reasons why he was here in the first place. Could be a situation in the right role. Early down back, pass protector. Could still be a useful contributor. And these are the things that we understood, right? Like these are the AKA things that have people. If it's not Ezekiel Elliott, you could go for bargain hunting in the ways that the Cowboys doing And I think anybody in this situation. Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray, Kareem Hunt, all unsigned.
2: Bobby Bell would lose his damn mind if Leonard Fournette was on this football team. Yeah, he would. He'd he'd figure it out, He'd lose it. I mean, here's a
0: chance. You can go expensive. You want to go expensive? Does that sound like something the Cowboys would do? No. Okay. Anyways, um, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook could be released after the draft because we already heard that those guys, you know, the teams had given them leeway to go and, like, look for uh, trades if they wanted to. And so what if those teams draft running backs and like, all right, thank you for your service, but no, thank you. Now there's a
2: Derrick Henry on the street. Now it's going to cost you some, right? But let's just play fantasy football for a quick second. I love fantasy football. Imagine Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard sharing the same backfield for Dallas.
0: Well, it's going to be very evident what you're doing when you
2: put one of them on the field. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Um, Look, I tend to think that the Cowboys are going to address this smartly in the draft maybe not necessarily with the 26 overall pick, but in the second round, potentially, let's say, for example, uh, Jameer Gibbs is there sure, from Alabama. But Jameer Gibbs also profiles
0: kind of like Tony Pollard.
2: True, mm-hmm. but you would still find yourself with a good back on a cheap contract. And right. if you decide that after this one year, $10 million, if you don't get a long-term deal done with Tony Pollard, that you're good on that, you've got a natural replacement in a guy like Gibbs. You know, within this offense. Because again, I don't think that um, Bijan Robinson will be there at 26. I just don't. I don't think so either. As much as that would be cool, I think based on what you'd be able to do this offseason to be in a position that, that if Bijan Robinson's there, you can take him. I don't think he makes it all the way to 26. I'd be shocked if he did. Um, but I think there are plenty of opportunities with some backs deeper in this draft Kendra Miller, uh, namely out of TCU, who I think would be a very good fit. Here in Dallas,
0: yeah, you hear the draft Knicks talk about um, the positions that have some depth. Tight Mm -hmm. end is one of those. Cornerback is one of those.
2: Running back is one. Running back
0: is one of those. So maybe you could take a day two pick, a second round, maybe third round pick, and get a running back that can be helpful. You are asking a lot, but I mean, I think that that probably is one of the ways that they need to, and probably the most likely way that they address that hole
2: at running back. Some NFL teams at some holes that they have to fill, and what's next for them as we are less than a month away from the NFL's annual selection meeting, otherwise known as the NFL Draft, in Kansas City, Missouri.
3: Kansas City.
2: Coming up next here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the Fan, we go inside the gray area where this police union executive director was charged with importing thousands of this, and it wasn't legal. Dolls. <laughs> next on the Get Right. Back here on this victorious Thursday for your Texas Rangers on opening day. It's the Get Right Reg KG on 105. Through the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Yo. Alec Med for holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. About to go inside the gray area here in just a moment at Kevin Gray Sports. At Reg Atatula, Alec on the radio on Twitter. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get you caught up on the latest headlines Of a busy Thursday, of course, opening day across Major League Baseball as the Major League Baseball season underway for 2023, getting ready for a busy weekend of sports action, including the men's and women's Final Four, respectively, in Houston and in Dallas for the women's Final Four at the America Airlines Center. That is why the Mavericks are currently on a five-game road trip because the women's Final Four descends upon the AAC, starting Tomorrow night. Medford, let's go inside the gray area here on the get rights. Before we get into anything specific, let's uh, shout out our Texas Rangers. That's right. That's because cut number seven. Undefeated. Cut number seven in what was a nine run fourth inning for your Texas Rangers. Shout out to newest Texas Ranger. Robbie Grossman handling business today. Here's the 2-0. That ball is hit high and deep out into right center field. A chance to leave the yard. It is gone. Into the Rangers bullpen. Robbie Grossman with the Rangers' first home run of the season. He's tied it up at five. Matt Hicks on the call today on the Rangers. the Louisiana Hot Sauce Rangers Radio Network. They're not paying us to do the sponsor. Um,
0: <laughs> although, look, I understand that you did – you, you shouted out Robin Grossman. He deservedly uh-huh. so, uh-huh. like getting uh-huh. the bat going. First home run for the Texas Rangers um, this season. Mm-hmm. From the 2-4 y'all boy Bubba made a play today. He sure as heck did.
2: Here's a ball that's lifted high into the air, deep center field. Bubba Thompson back to the track. He's at the wall. He leaps, and he makes the grab. He takes a home run away from Jake Cave. Let's Bubba cook. I'm glad he made up for that though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that first, yeah. first play. Little on, rough first go round. <laughs> it was, it was, it was not the easiest one to
0: get to, but his route was kind of a little, a little, a little circuitous. You know what I mean? And then he got back there, and he apparently he forgot to catch the ball at the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, got But he come, made up for it with that right there. That Got to complete
2: the play. Got to yeah. complete the play. Um, but yeah, Rangers get the win today, eleven to seven over the reigning. National League champion, mm, you'll love to hear it. Philadelphia Phillies, they'll get back on the diamond on Saturday as they continue their series on Saturday and on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. And of course, on your home of the Rangers 105 through the fence. Shout out to the Cansy Masterpiece today, hell of a job they did out in center field Sounded at Globe like Life Field. Fun, a ball. <laughs> Sound <laughs> like they were having a ball. Uh, Derek Holland, of course, joining the guys. As well, their covers from two to or excuse me, 10 to 230 today as they led you into uh, the Rangers pregame and into the game itself. So shout out to the KC Masterpiece for their terrific work and today. And special shout out to uh Jared Sandler. He joined the morning show earlier today during the seven o'clock hour. Yeah, it was like
0: six thirty or something. He was up here. I was like, hey man. Yeah,
2: yeah. Jared um we should have made him do like the marathon. We should have had him on the show. In fact, call culture. Get Jared on the phone. I don't want to get cussed out by Jared. No, thanks. Jared's
0: not going to cuss you out. <laughs>
2: at least not openly. He'll say it in his head, and he'll just be like, yeah, sure, guys. And then text me later, like, what the hell you called me <laughs> for? <laughs> uh, real quick, though, because I have to, you know, shout out Jared. If you don't understand, Jared Sandler is one of the hardest working men in this business. He is dedicated to what he does and does so at an extremely high level. And I applaud him and his work ethic especially as we get started for what is another Major League Baseball campaign. Uh, If you don't follow Jared Sandler on Twitter, he is a wealth of information, but more importantly, a terrific human being. Uh, His Sandlot Charities and what he does uh, throughout the course of the offseason and then getting for a long, arduous baseball season. Love you, Jared. Appreciate the hard work that you do, man. It does not go unnoticed, and uh, we appreciate you getting out there with Matt Hicks and doing your thing. Today. Oh, so we're not going to appreciate all the hard
0: works Matt does. Okay.
2: okay. I Really?
0: Yeah. That's right. It is 949 and I am here to cause chaos. All right. Well, that comes
2: up at 1020 with Alec. Memphis. Yeah, but so. we can start early though. <laughs> <laughs> the headline goes like this. Police union executive director charged with importing thousands of illegal pills. The executive director of the San Jose Police Officers Association, Bay Area, was recently charged with what is allegedly some pretty brazen criminal activity. Joanne Marion Segovia, 64 years old, was charged by the Office of the United States Attorney on March 27th. It's usually not good when the U.S. Attorney's office is knocking at your door.
0: Nah, when the feds come knocking, they they got they got a case already.
2: Like when the when the
0: feds come and get you, just know you're done for already.
2: Uh, with attempting to unlawfully import fentanyl, a particular fentanyl that is relatively new as a new synthetic opioid, apparently he said I got that new new. One. The United States Attorney. Uh, Ismail J. Ramsey and Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent uh, in Charge, Tatum King, claim in a press release that Segovia, quote, used her personal and office computers to order thousands of opioid and other pills to her home and agreed to distribute the drugs elsewhere in the United States. Ma'am, I know you're 64, but be better. (laughs) It is a woman, right? That's what you... Yes. Okay, cool.
0: Um, Nah, you got to... If you don't do crime, like, be the best... Be all you can be. (laughs) Like the army says. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you understand you doing the illegalities. (laughs) On the work computer? You sound like Hugh Freeze right now. On the work computer? On a public... Like, you are a public official in a way, right? Like, you are working... You work for the police? They can check all that. You should know
2: that you wanted them. Here's how wild this is, as it goes on. He sent it to the crib. The complaint alleges that between October of 2015, oh, she was doing this since way back, and January of 2023, Segovia had at least 61 shipments mailed to her home originating from countries including Hong Kong, Hungary, India, and Singapore. The manifest for these shipments declared their contents with labels like, quote, wedding party favors, (laughs) gift makeup. Oh, they was doing bits. Or chocolates and sweets.
0: They was doing bits. This is why she was (laughs) so brazen. She was like, They'll never think They'll that, never suspect it. <laughs> they'll never think that my chocolates and sweet <laughs>
2: shipments is hardcore drugs. Synthetic opioid fentanyl. Okay. But between July 2019 and January 2023, officials intercepted and opened five of these shipments and found that they contain thousands of pills of controlled substances. Wait, you said five interceptions? Who do they think they are? Trayvon Diggs?
0: <laughs> Count it. Count it.
2: Count it. Thank you. Boo. <laughs> um, that they contain thousands of pills of controlled substances, including synthetic opioids uh, of two different kinds, including tramadol.
0: Hey, tramadol will get the job done when you, when you get through it legally. Legally <laughs> means. Um,
2: NFL. Um, certain parcels were valued at thousands of dollars worth of drugs. I would oh, hope so. I mean, you would think. <laughs> this is going to really make you laugh. Uh-oh. Also, alleged is that Segovia used encrypted WhatsApp communications to plan the logistics for receiving and sending pill shipments. Oh, she she is a she is an immigrant auntie. <laughs> for example, the immigrant
0: aunties love nothing more than the WhatsApp. The
2: WhatsApp. <laughs> for example, the complaint describes a 3-year period between January 2020 and March of 2023, so recently during which Segovia is alleged to have exchanged hundreds of messages with someone using a phone with an India country code. That's right. That's what I said. What I say? <laughs> what I just say? Talking back to the homeland.
0: Yeah. That's how we all do it. Oh, this is going to get even I talk even to better. my aunties on the WhatsApp, whatever. Oh, all the time. man, time.
2: The messages discuss details for shipping and payment of pills contain and contain hundreds of pictures of tablets, shipping labels, packaging, payment receipts, and payment confirmations. Are you
0: taking notes on a
2: criminal conspiracy? It gets even better. Although I
0: get it end-to-end encrypted, now who 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 gave up the who gave up the information? Which end, right? Was it was it her phone that they were like, "Hey, let me open up this WhatsApp for me."
2: Here's how dumb she really was. Oh no. On top of
0: all of that. So she tried tried to do a little bit of the shenanigans. She tried to, like, shake it up a little bit. I can respect some of this. She was so brazen.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Prosecutors Medford also claimed Segovia used her office at the San Jose Police Officers Association to distribute the illegal pills. That's bold. That's bold. She was trapping out of the... (laughs) the (laughs) You used the work office.
0: <laughs> ah, she was trapping out the of the county jail. That's crazy. The government authority
2: work office to illegally distribute
0: your fentanyl. Well, my thing about it was who was coming through and picking up the fentanyl? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes two to tango. You know what I mean? Like, was she just like drive through the back?
2: Quote, for example, in spring 2021. Pull up in the handicap spot. I <laughs> honked twice. So I'll come get you. <laughs> Segovia was told by a supplier to send a package to a woman in North Carolina. Segovia then sent this supplier a photograph of a shipment made using the UPS account of the San Jose Police Officers Association. Don't you got stuff you're supposed to be doing as a union head? Like You can't be this stupid. They'll never see it coming. (laughs) I see what you did there. I see what you did there. He don't even know, but I see what you did there. That's good. She said,
0: I am the cops. What you mean?
2: (laughs) Y'all want even more on this? Please. Yes. Even more brazen. The complaint against Segovia alleges that she continued to order the controlled substances even after being interviewed by federal investigators in February of twenty twenty three. See now that's
0: where it's nasty. Like, that
2: to me is about as dumb as it gets.
0: That's that's some she dared the feds. You you can't stop Dare the
2: federal government if there's, to come see me. If there's anything you learn,
0: please, from from this show in general. I'm talking seven to eleven, <laughs> Thursday, March thirtieth, right? If there's anything you learn from this particular iteration of the get right. Do not try the feds. <laughs> I say this because I love you. I really do. Um, also, shout out to uh, boss ass mofo lady T. Uh, she said it's when you get processed out because they're not going to check you. You know what I mean? So just how much you want on the way out.
2: Uh, first of all, question for the audience. Uh, how do you know? How does she know?
0: Mm, good question. Let us know. <laughs> badass mofo lady mm. T. Let us know on the on mm. switch chat.
2: Because your uh, handle there says you might be into some, you know, stuff. I'm just joking. We love her. She's a great twilo. Um, by the way, that's wild. Let me tell you something, man. you got to be just—you just might not just not give a damn anymore if you look at the feds dead in their face, and you're still out here on your criminal activity. I guess that's generally how it works, though, until they catch you. <laughs> um, if convicted, the San Jose Police Officers Association Police Union Union Executive Director faces a maximum prison sentence. Of 20 years. That's tough. That's tough.
0: Well. I, mean, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> you was you was using the work. You was using the work computer.
2: They and check then having that. it taken to the office. They check that. You told them people to come see you at the office for your illegal stuff. Ooh, dumb just run rampant in this country, boy. I sure do. It sure do.